Welcome to the Aikidojo podcast. I am David Ito, Chief Instructor of the Aikido Center of Los Angeles. And with me is... Bill D'Angelo, Aikido Center of Los Angeles, 4th Don Aikido. Good morning. Good morning. So, Bill, what should we talk about today? So we've got another listener question who's thrown their uh, question in the hat. The question today is, what are the qualities of a good martial artist? What are the qualities of a good martial artist? What do you think the qualities are? I mean, I know that we've got some qualities we can pull from a very famous book, but I thought before we get there, the, the thing that just pops in my mind um, are sincerity and compassion. Mm, for me, there's only one. If I, could give, if, I, if I could give a student only one wow. trait, it would be determination. Determination. Yeah. Wow. So why do you think it would be those two so for me, um, compassion um, and sincerity, I kind of ball them into one, is that, um, you know, as we go through life, everyone we meet is going through suffering. Right. And um, the ability to show compassion to other people, especially in the context of martial arts, um, is really is the ability to uh, affect change in the world in a positive way. And if you, if you can't show compassion, it's very hard to do that. That's interesting. I look at it from a different point of view. I, I look at it from the point of view of, of being able to master something. Mm, yeah. And that, it, you know, like if you, you had to make a martial artist, you make them tall, strong, fat, low center of gravity, big muscles, big biceps. Determination six, really does it. Yeah, six-pack abs. Determination is the thing that... that We'll, we'll make it all come together. So I think that we're just looking at the same thing from two different angles. Like, you're, you're the senior teacher, you're the, you're the teacher in charge of our dojo, looking at how to develop students. The student with the most determination will develop the best in the long run, um, for sure. Um, because if without determination, there's no ability to overcome hardship. And training is all about hardship. Right, because you have to stay the course. I mean, there have been really good naturals that have come through the door that after a while, they just leave. Right, there's no determination. Yeah, because everything came to them so easy when they finally had to work, they're like, they threw their hands up in the air and they took off. And you're like, wow, that person was going to get so good. And I think, you know, if you, if you add into the mix of determination, compassion, um, if, if you train someone to be a really good martial artist, let's just even distill it down, a really good fighter, but they don't have compassion, the danger from that skill is very high. They could hurt somebody. Well, but the thing is that if you're trying to develop a martial artist, should you give them, should you teach them compassion first? No. 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 Because they, they have to get over this, this hump of, and that's why like in the, in the old days, they would say that the, the teacher figures out your EG or your willfulness, your, your obstinance, and then forcibly molds that willfulness right. into willpower or fighting spirit, or in this case, determination, right. right? And so if that person is, you know, looking to be compassionate, you know, too early on... It they, spoils the mix. Right, because they... they, they see, like, the, see, the old days... The, that willfulness the teacher had to 
beat out of you. Right. And so that's what they, they, I say, forcibly mold that willfulness into this fire that makes it so people can't beat you. Right. So that's that fighting spirit that they that the that the teacher um, instills in you, but the thing is, it, it comes from the super negative place of willfulness. Yeah. Right. And then as the teacher's forging you in the fire by hitting you with a hammer, some people you become destroyed by it. Yeah. And I guess I think kind of like. Um, obviously, because I'm, 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 I'm a white American. I'm not a samurai. I didn't live in, you know, the Tokugawa era in, in Japan. But you think of like of what martial artists in all cultures, whether it's ancient Greece or whether it was in um, certain periods in feudal Japan, the the warrior class's job is to protect people. I mean, that's ultimately what their job right. is, is, is to protect people. And if you don't, if you don't have compassion, you can slip into cruelty. Soldiers in war are in this fine line between protecting when they're fighting and cruelty and often when you know it happens to it happened to Americans in World War II it happened to the Russians happened to the Germans that fine line between when they fought in battle between protecting the people that they came across in villages and raping them like that I mean we're talking about something kind of crazy here for a second but it, you you I think when when mass violence gets unleashed in a in an environment where you've got soldiers on both sides, I think that the 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 um, the default rule of like, hey, you must be compassionate and you must be sincere, becomes a really important rule in the brain, because but when you, you're yeah. unleashing violence, um, you can you can often go overboard. But I think that you you to win wars, you need violence. Oh. Hundred percent. Right. So when you like, so I once asked Free Sensei if he asked his grandfather, who was, you know, in some type of war, and his father, who was in the four forty second, you know, what was that like? And he said his grandfather just said one thing: war is war. Yeah. Free Sensei once talked about something called Saikon Kobai or Saikin Robai, which he said like the elegant apricot flower and the strong plum blossom. To focus too much on war makes us rough and crude, while the emphasis on too much beauty makes us weak. Yeah, I remember that quote. Yeah, I remember that quote. Um, I guess what I'm about to refer to is a movie, but the scene in the movie seems to capture both some of Furiya Sensei's ideas, some of your ideas, and, and certainly how I think Aikido approaches um, the qualities of a martial artist. And that's that scene in Seven Samurai, where the senior samurai, they're raising the troops. They're getting all the soldiers together. And um, a local um, uh, brigand has captured uh, a child in a, uh, in a small uh, house and has, has, has kidnapped this child. And the villagers ask the samurai, you know, if they can rescue the child. And in order to rescue the child, the senior samurai shaves his head and pretends to be a priest to bring food to the brigand and goes in unarmed and rescues the child. And it's this moment where the samurai uses their martial skill to, to uh, disarm an armed, um, you know, a violent criminal um, and uses all his skill, training, um, and it's, it's this beautiful moment. And in many ways, it's like the most beautiful moment of the whole movie and the scene is like a microcosm of the whole film. Like that little moment 
the samurai um, for no pay risks his life to save a child. And, that's, and the movie's about seven samurai that risk their lives to save an entire village. So it's kind of like this tiny little moment where the, the whole movie takes place in a one-minute segment. And that's, I think, in my mind about when I say sincerity, because you're not doing it for money, um, and you're, you're more concerned about the life of the child than you're concerned about your own life. Um, and you're still using martial technique and martial skill because you're going and you're disarming an armed person with your with your skills. Um, I don't think those are the only qualities of a top martial of a of a skilled martial artist or a good martial artist. I'm just saying like, I think that they're uh, at a high level. They're valuable skills of a martial artist. And that's that's the hard part where like if you read like um, Inazo Nitobe's book Bushido. You ever read that? Yeah. And then they have the like, the virtues of a samurai. So the seven the seven virtues of um, Bushido are um, gi or integrity, rei respect, yu heroic courage, meiyo um, honor, jin compassion, makoto honesty and sincerity, and chu duty and loyalty. The the problem with uh, Nitobe's virtues of Bushido is that. On a certain level, uh, Nitobe wrote that book to, for, for commercialism. And so if you think about all these different qualities of the of, uh, um, samurai, honesty, sincerity, integrity, integrity, you know, and all those things. And it's kind of like you went to the bakery and you chose only the best uh, baked goods. Right. And then you say, wow, this... this um, Bakery is really good because of these four, five things that you got that were really good. But then, if you, you know, the other 83 things in there, you go, oh, this place sucks. <laughs> but the this idea that like, so the other day someone gave me this book and it's kind of like talks about how there are no real samurai. Uh, the, the samurai is all made up. And they're like, this is going to blow your mind. It's going to totally ruin your day. And I, I just looked at the counter and I go, I already know what you're talking about. It's not going to ruin anything for me. Yeah, and they're like, "Why wouldn't it ruin it for you?" I go, "What you, you think? I didn't. I don't realize that these things are, on a certain level, uh, romantic, right? Romanticized." Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not a samurai. I don't live in Japan. I don't serve my master. I don't carry a sword. Right. But it's that we're trying to use these values to shape our lives to be better human in beings in a positive way, yeah. right? And so, if you look at all those things: uh, sincerity, honesty, integrity loyalty each one of those things they require only one thing determination mm -hmm. if you're you have no determination you can't be loyal if you have no determination you can't be sincere because there will be no situation you're like yeah me and bill are going to go to battle and you know bill's a very sincere person and he said he's going to you know bring up my flank oh but then he didn't show up well for one he didn't have any honesty, honor, com compassion, all these different things, but you definitely didn't have any determination. So from, from your perspective, what you're saying is determination is your ability to follow through on all the other qualities. Well, it's, well, you, you, well, you can look at it as the quality that ensures all others, but if you really think about what it takes, right? And, you know, like in the last podcast, I talked about this idea that when your leg is, you, your car rolls over seven times and your legs you crushed. know, crushed, and you got to climb up the side of this mountain in order to save your family. So how does sincerity help you? 
right? How does honesty help you? How does truthful, how does um, honor? No, you need determination to drag your beat up carcass up the side of this ravine and, and get help. Yeah. Right. You, in order to learn a martial art, there's going to become a day in which it's going to get tough. You're going to get hurt. Someone's going to say something mean. And then the, the weak person just leaves. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was about to finish your sentence for you, but I, you just said it, which is, I mean, isn't when we think about um, the martial arts path, the biggest problem that martial artists faced is quitting. Right. I mean, if you look at the path of all martial artists, the, 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 the best martial artist is the martial artist who continues to practice. No, the best martial artist is the one who quits last. Right. Right, right. because everyone else has already quit. You, you, you quit last, you when win. you die. Right, or whenever you, whenever you quit, you right. win, because they all quit first. Right. Right, and so that's the hard part about what, what, what makes someone good. You know, when I was a student, there was this guy who was like, I mean, Fruisich is like, was telling everybody, this, this guy's a natural. He's going to be so good. Oh, my God, this guy's going to be. And everyone was talking about this guy who just started who's going to be really good. And you're like, you have no idea what the, what the long line of future holds. Well, but the thing is, at that time, I was like, wow, I wonder what, he, what qualities he has that make him good. And, I, and, I, and then I remember feeling bad about myself thinking, man, I, I wish I was like that. Like that. And then that person quit. How soon? And, uh, maybe six months. So not less than a year. Six months a year. It wasn't very long. And I remember the person quit because uh, they got injured. And then you, since you just never talked about him again. You know, it's interesting you say that. Because, I mean, I, I think of one of the most... I, I'm not a big football fan. I'm not really a big football fan. But you look at someone like Tom Brady, who's 45 and is probably the greatest quarterback that's ever played football. But you think like just not to get super injured, to show up for practice, to play all those games, to win seven Super Bowls. Like there's kind of a, there's a little bit of a comparison. And I mean, obviously football is not martial arts, but like longevity, the ability to show up, determination. Yes, but I mean, that's, that's the thing is that what makes Brady great? Is it his ability to throw, his eye, his ability to do all these different things? Or is he so determined to, that you can't to win him. that you can't beat him because, you know, he spends, I'm not even sure if this is the right number, but someone the other day in passing, one of my patients said that he spends a million dollars a year on uh, supplements, um, personal trainers, oh, therapeutic totally things that. and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, that is a huge, a huge number. But that's that thing. He's determined to win. So he he'll sacrifice so mo much money. Other people are like, how much does that acupuncturist cost? Ooh, that's too much money. No, thanks. Yeah. So he's for him, like, and, and that has a lesson for us, too, which is some people think that training is expensive. But is it really expensive relative to the goal? Right. If you if your goal is to be the greatest, then in, it, you spare no expense. Right. Right. So when you think about this idea of determination, you every samurai or martial arts movie is about determination. Overcome, overcoming. Well, that person, name one, right? 13 assassins. Right. It's about these, these determined people to win. You're, you just mentioned seven samurai. You can't be seven samurai up against a whole um, tribe of bandits and not be determined. Right. 
right? Every every possible, every martial arts movie story, it's story, about an obstacle. It's about overcoming an obstacle to win. But think, what is the most? What is the scariest? Um, right now, the the genre that is the most popular to watch is zombie movies. Yeah, right? zombie movies are fantasy. Right, they're fantasy. But what is the one quality the zombie has which is frightening? Relentlessness. Relentlessness. Yeah. Determination. They are so they won't, stop. they won't stop because they don't know how to stop. Right. They won't stop coming until you stop them from coming. Right. Right. That, that's what, what makes them scarier. They're they're gnawing out their teeth, and all of a sudden you go, oh my god, it's so scary. Or the fact that they just won't stop. Yeah. Until they're until they've eaten you or you've killed them. Yeah. They're banging on the door, car 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 car. You know for you know. Weeks, months on end, and it just it drives you crazy because they are so relentless that so how can you beat them? So how do you? I mean, as teachers, so the the person asked this question: What are the what are the qualities of a, of a top martial artist or a good martial artist? How does how does a teacher mold determination or mold these qualities um, to help? students optimize their success, their chances for success? I don't know because I come from an era in which the, you, the teacher is your enemy. The teacher, like I said, forcibly molds you, but the teacher is your enemy. And so they do things to you to incite you. And then you say, I will, I am going to train so hard to, so that I can beat the teacher someday. Right. But that's not the style today. That's not the style tape, but the old days, that's the way they did it, right? And so, yeah. like, uh, one time we had this seminar. Um, Yonemochi Sensei came from Japan, and it was this huge seminar, and it was really, really important. And uh, at, in the middle of the seminar on the first day, everyone's going to lunch. And I'm, t I'm not that tired, and so it's not that big a deal. And so Sensei stops me at the door and says, you have to stay back and guard the dojo. <laughs> and I was like... Oh, I'm hungry. What? And he goes, and you need to wipe the mats down while, while we're gone. And I was like, oh, wait, what? And then I was like, hi. So everyone left. The whole time I was just like, yeah, I was so mad. So, you know, I'm si sitting there. I, I have to wipe the whole, you know, the all, mat, the mats down. all the mats down, you know, clean the bathroom, do all this stuff. And then everybody comes back. Not one person brought me a bottle of water. No lunch. Uh, no lunch. Nothing. And they go, okay, let's start the classes now. And I was like so mad. Like, uh, you know, looking at all my classmates, they didn't even care that yeah. I had to stay behind. They, you know, they're, they're having like, the best time. And then I, I was just, after that, I was just stewing. And throughout the rest of the classes, I just smashed people. Because I felt... Um, you know, like since he was picking on me by making me clean the dojo and stay behind and, and not having any lunch. Hmm. Right. But the thing is that that's the, something that Sensei did, which incited that fire inside of me to train harder so that someday I'm going to beat him at his own. I'm going to beat him and all his guys at their own game. And, but that's, I think if I do that to people today, I feel so bad. Yeah. Like, so, um, a couple of years ago, we had a seminar and one of the guests was set to come in during lunchtime. 
So we didn't know. So I took the other guests to lunch. And then I said, somebody's got to stay behind. So one person said, I'll do it. And then I said, all right, let's make a deal. Uh, do you want lunch? Do you want us to bring you lunch or not? No. I will leave early after lunch, go home, eat lunch, do all the stuff, and then be back later for the party. I said, all right, that's a deal. Are you, good? Are you okay with that? They said, I'm okay. And I said, all right, it's a deal. Sensei was like, he would never allow that. Yeah. He would never allow the deal, right? And, but I mean, I don't have it in my heart to do something to them and then to make them upset so that they train harder. I think they'll just get upset and leave. Because in my, in my experience as a teacher, every time I did something accidentally, people were like, I'm leaving. And I go, oh, wait, wait a second. I, wait, but I mean, I didn't, it was an accident. I don't, oh, they left. And you think, wait, weren't you a Marine? Yeah. Weren't you, weren't you a Navy SEAL? Oh, I, I, you know. And then I just go, oh, well, what are you going to do? And then I feel all bad inside that I did something which accidentally hurt their feelings, which caused so them if to that, leave. So if that doesn't work, is there is there a way to just teach the classes that inspires people to be determined? I mean, is it... Is it the way, is it the, is it the pedagogy of the teaching style that inspires people to, to work hard or? I, I don't, I don't know because when your leg is blown off and you got to crawl up a ravine to save your family, compassion, sincerity, um, you know, uh, joy, they don't help. That anger that I will get that person who ran us off the road. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. That you need to have a little bit of, of anger to, mm -hmm. to, to climb up the thing because joy, well, you think, ah, it's so happy. And then when your leg is in, in pain, you're hurting all over. You're afraid. You need grit. You, that's right. Grit. You need this grit. And I don't know if you can get grit with joy. You need some pain for grit. I, 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 the old generations say you do. These newer generations say so you, you don't. don't. But I don't know. Because when Furusensei would do stuff to me, I would be like, no way. Well, so that's something, that's why I say I don't know, right? And so when you're, today, I, I watch the students and I look for certain things. Yeah. And then I look for the person who, I go, oh, that person's on the edge. They're probably going to quit. And then they push through. And then you're, and you're and happy. And you go, oh, good. But see, the thing is with that me methodology, there's going to be people that fall through the cracks. That person who, if you just pushed them, they could have become somebody. Yeah. You know, right now there are two guys outside the dojo cleaning the dojo, right? They're cleaning the dojo in lieu of, in lieu of paying dues. But they're, but they're paying the dojo, they're cleaning the dojo in lieu of dues, but they're not going to show up for the mo this month. Because they're too busy. So, so there, do, do so they there, have grit? So there's, there's a piece of this that I, I, you and I have talked about in the last month. Um, so, you know, we do a lot of research for the podcast. We do a lot of research together. Um, and one of the things that, that I've been researching is, and it's something that you work really hard to build in the dojo, which is uh, friendship and fellowship. And I wonder whether, you know, if you look at... Um, at our at our school, which I think has a lot of grit into it, but over the years, there's a lot of people that have been in the dojo a long time, mm -hmm. and I think that the dojo 
works really hard to build fellowship. And, um, you know, if you look at people who have gone through really hard times, they often are able to sustain themselves through hard times because of the people who they suffered through it with together. And, I mean, I'm kind of trying to develop this point as we're sitting here, but I think that that if you can share your hard times with other people, um, you know, the, the, I mean, I'm not a soldier, but I know people who were soldiers together, like if they could suffer through it together with the, the person next to them, or if you go through your hard training with a group of people and you can support each other, then you can suffer a lot harder than if you had to suffer it by yourself. Well, yeah, that's like, do you watch Band of Brothers? Yeah. So the Kerr He episode, which you know, when they're back in, in boot camp, and David Schwimmer, the guy from Friends, is the the commanding officer, and he's a huge jerk. And he makes them do all these things and he's mean to them and all this stuff, and they all hate him. They hate his guts. But what they never acknowledged, which they didn't really understand, is that his meanness, his unreasonableness is what is what made them good. Right. Easy Company ended up being the best company ever, and they had this grit. But where did they grit, get that grit from? Togetherness. Yeah, it was that, as David Schwimmer's character, Captain Sobel, was so cruel to them, and they had to overcome his cruelty, which made them stronger, which made them the best company. Yeah. I think, I think there's an element to that, but I think that what I, I didn't say at the beginning of the podcast is, if you have a if you have a good group of people together that you can back each other up, rely on each other, go to lunch and go, oh my God, you know, Bill, such a jerk, senior student. He made me do blah 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 blah, and you can blow steam off together. You can back each other up. The the chance that you can suffer through harder things together, it's a lot easier than if you're doing it by yourself. Right, but what ends up happening is that it just becomes a trash talking session, and then all this you and me just become negative about that person right right and then the thing is that what they didn't talk about is that captain sobel from band of brothers or in my case free sensei is that you they become worthy opponents right to be beaten and then because you're trying to beat them in the process of trying to beat them you become you strong you develop and you become determined right and then you know, today people can yell at me and dress me down, and I just go like, "Okay," because it's nothing like a fruit sensei dress down, <laughs> right? It was nothing where, like, back in the old days, people would almost pass out because they they were standing there with their legs locked too long, right? Fruit senseis making like uh, SWAT SWAT team guys, Marines, anybody you name, just get upset and cry, yeah, and that. But they don't. But that's the hard part. You don't realize until you're through it how strong it made you, how much determination it gave you. It was. It was a crazy time. It was. I mean, I I remember some of the the just incredible experiences. But it was. I don't. I just don't know that any. I don't know that any. I you know. I don't know that any institution can behave the way that he behaved. Today, I, I think that people people will just do yoga. Well, but that, that's the thing is that it's up to the seniors. 
So like this one time, um, we had to, I think I told this in maybe one of the other podcasts about how it was a really hot summer, like right now, and we had to put up the stage and break the stage down. And it, I mean, it was just really hot, really hot. Only Aikido students are like putting it up and only Aikido students are breaking it down. And while we're breaking it down, we're already tired from this long weekend, all these demonstrations, Demo. it's super hot and we're breaking the stage down and then Free Sensei walks up with two of his assistants and they're eating snow cones. Oh yeah, I remember this time. And then I was like, I am so mad, yeah. right? And then like, you're like breaking the stage down, putting it away and all this stuff where all the other people that used the stage, they didn't show up. These guys eating, you know, t telling us with, with a snow cone dripping, um, dripping and, and, you know, snow cone mushrooms, hey, hey, don't forget to put back that thing over there. And I was just like, you SOBs. And then, you know, I tell the story before about at the end, I was, I went, I'm going to go get a snow cone. And I went over and they were closed. Yeah. And I was all, ah. But it did two things. For one, it caused me to become more determined. But it also enabled me to be compassionate. Because I would never do that to my own students today. Right. I would never, I would always lead by example. I would, I would never let my assistant sit there eating a, eating a snow cone, telling other people what to do. I'd be like, you two better get in there too. But I would also be in there too. Because yeah. from that negative experience, I really learned lead by example. I really learned the, the, the general or the sense it eats last. Yeah. And so for, for, for that thing, it, it, it made me upset and that created that, that fire and determination. But it also gave me what you were talking about, the sincerity and compassion because unequivocally there's no way in you do hell that. i would ever do that to my students today yeah. and that's a, i think that's a really good point which is lead by example um i think really does help build uh stronger students yeah it really does people people respect leaders that are strong kind um thinking leaders well but that's the hard part like you want where is the line between um kind good-hearted teacher and unreasonable mean teacher and which one makes the best students well I think I think you know the way I look at it is is that um, unreasonable in class having super high standards um, is different than being unreasonable in the overall school I think if you're just if you're just a, an all-around just unreasonable jackass people will feel it well, but see, like, there's there's this idea that, like, uh, when they asked uh, Pema Chandra about her Buddhist teacher, the one, uh, the, uh, I can't remember his name, but it's, this is, the, he wrote this book, that, he, you know, all those allegations of him drinking and having sex with women. And he didn't deny it. Well, he didn't deny it. He didn't care, right? But they asked her. Yeah. Did you know? And I think she said she did know. And it was consensual. And they're like, well, how can you possibly still consider yourself his student? Yeah. And she said something which is really interesting. She, she said that once you realize who they really are, that's when the real training begins. Yeah. Because on a certain level, when people are running around the dojo or running around these places, they're still living a romantic life. Oh, the sensei. He floats on. He floats Water. in the air. He yeah. levitates. Yeah. You know, if it's Om Shinrikyo, we drink his urine and all this fun stuff, right? <laughs> so they're still living in this romantic thing that this person's not a human being, right? And only when you see behind the curtain do you realize 
that they're human they're a human being trying to help you become more human right so i understand today as a teacher wow Free it did me a great service by treating me so harshly. Yeah. A, I won't do that to other people. But B, it gave me this determination that enables me to get things done, not yeah. be stopped by the littlest thing. You know, I go, what? Well, it's the weirdest thing. I'll wake up in the morning, and I always wake up some, sometime between 4.30 and 5. Just ding, my eyes open. I never snooze. And I'm not a morning person. I'm a night person. But as soon as my eyes open... I just find myself getting out of bed. Hmm. And I just go, wow. And that's that determination. That's yeah. that fire that have that I'm going to get some stuff done because that's what you do is get stuff done. Yeah. And that some people don't have that. So when we think about this idea of should should a, um a martial should a martial artist or a samurai be honorable? Yes. Should they be sincere? Yes. yes. Should they be honest? Should they be loyal? Should all they be things. all those things? But all those things will run out if you don't have any determination to see yeah. them through. Yeah. You must have this determination to see something through till its end. And most people today, they don't know how to channel their determination. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. There's, I should have brought this article knowing what today's topic was going to be. There's, um, there's, there's an epidemic in the corporate world now called silent quitting. Have you heard about it? Yeah. Yeah. Or basically, it used to be if you were working really hard in the tech business or the legal business or the medical business, that you would go, I hate using cliches, but you would go the extra mile yeah. to try to get promoted, to try to get your bonus. But now, especially with the pandemic and working remotely, people are trying to do the absolute minimum to maintain their job. Uh, and they call it silent quitting. Like you quit your job while still keeping it. But you don't. what you don't realize is that 90% of the people have been doing this forever. Yeah. They, yeah. They've been doing, they, we, you find the, the, the mm -hmm. highest, your highest level, and then you just surf that forever. forever. You, you think, how do I go the extra mile? So the other day, it was uh, the first day of school, and you know, this is like the first main year after the pandemic. Right. So I go, we go to school, my son's room assignment says 14 slash 12. And we're kind of like, where's Which room? room? <laughs> right? And so we're standing around. We're asking other people. And I see the new principal, brand new principal. I go and introduce him, I, myself. And I make a little bit of small talk. And I ask him, hey, man, uh, do you know which room he's in? Do you know which room Miss Solis is in? And he goes, I, I don't know. And I was like, how could you not know? How could you not know? And then I go, do you know where room 12 is? Because like, we couldn't find room 12. Right. And he goes, I, I really don't know. Wow. And I was like, He's like, you know, it's the first day of school. We're all trying to figure it out. Um, ask him, he said, ask some of the, the other kids. And then he walked away. Wow. And I was like, well, what has this guy been doing for the whole summer as being doesn't a new... even know his way around the school. Yeah, he doesn't know the lay of the land. He doesn't know where the teachers are teaching. And he was just carrying around the sign that said, welcome. <laughs> right? And I was thinking to myself, well, yeah, there's some great pictures for Instagram, buddy. But where was your extra mile? Yeah. Where was your thoroughness? Where was your professionalism? Where was your determinism, right? Yeah. I am determined that, that every kid will have a really good um, first, day. first day. So because I'm determined for that to happen, I should know where all the rooms are. I should know where the teachers' names are. I should know where every teacher is teaching. I should have a, be carrying a list of all the kids in their rooms. I should have a, you know, a fire extinguisher just in case someone catches on fire, 
you know, I should be ready. So what does it mean to be ready? What does it mean to be the best? The best have to be determined. Because if you don't have to determine, it doesn't matter how sincere you are. That's why they say like passion and motivation, they have a way of waning out. Determination, determination is this fire that keeps you going. It's hard though. I think that, uh, I think that the pandemic created this opportunity for certain people to hide. But people have been hiding forever. No, 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 absolutely. I'm not saying they haven't. I'm just saying that the pandemic created this like, uh, like a cloak, a cloak of invisibility, like the, 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 the ring of power that allows people to like get away with stuff that it would have been very hard to get away with pre-pandemic. And so, you know, if you're not coming into the office, if you're working remotely, like the guy can't swing by your office and go, you know, that guy, David, he, he's a slacker. Well, you can't check on David because David's not in the office. Well, no, but see, the thing is that it's only coming to your attention now. Yeah. Right. But you have to realize, like one time I was working at the, this um, country club and we had this this housekeeper who was really nice, very nice to me, very friendly. But whenever people come by, she would she Start would cleaning. clean clean up really really fast and oh, oh, be flustered because she's she's working so hard. And then one day I saw her like leaning with her head against the thing, and then someone came up and she started doing it. And I was like, oh, the, yeah, you know. Or we had this one um, one guy that was hired as a maintenance guy, and I watched him walk across the parking lot, and he walked so slow slow and i was like oh and then i was like talking to him about something and he said why would you do any more work than you have to so there's and i was like oh yeah. and then i asked i said so like when you walk you is that why you walk so slow across the parking lot and then he like kind of gave me this grin like ah you caught me yeah but that's that thing like it's not that that people only now doing that people have been doing that forever in a day yeah. Right. They've been, you, it's just like in our, in our, I mean, you and I are in slightly different businesses, but like in our respective worlds, although we're in the same martial arts world together, we share that world together. We're, we're in worlds where we've always been expected to like excel. Like the expectation is nah, not to like do like the minimum, but do the maximum. And then when it comes to martial arts, it's, it's hard. There's no like, there's no like do the maximum, but it's do your best. Right, but but you're you're mistaking uh, this whole idea that what appears to be the extra mile or the best is so. The thing is that like when if, okay in your in your world if you can if you can hit twenty five hundred hours of billable hours, that's yeah. a, that's good, right? That's for like, the year. That that makes you the ninety ninth percentile. Right. The other day I was talking with one of the students who's a lawyer, sure. and his team. Right around now, October, um, hit 2,500 billable hours because they were so busy with this thing. And I go, so do you guys get to take the rest of the year He's off? He's like, nope. He said, no, there's still a couple months left. Yeah. Right? But that's the thing. Is like, if you, it's like <clears throat> one of the students was uh, really good at noto, right? In the sense he would say, 100 noto. So then everyone would do their noto. And then that person would go, 100. Boom. And just sit there and, and, stop. and wait until... Uh, everyone instead of continuing right since he should have said is saw that person stop at 100 and then the next day go, more. 200 for you everyone else is 100 right to push that person to their their greatest level right right so it's 
it's up to your boss to snoop around and figure out what that person's true potential is. Right. Because these are all just arbitrary numbers, 100 no-toe, 2,500 billable hours, 50 push-ups. Right. You don't know what that person's true potential is. Right. That person's true potential could be 3,000 hours. Right. But you don't know because you've set this expectation that 2,500 yeah. is the thing. Right. So today, the, people have figured out how to get to certain places the fastest people way. People game the system. Everyone games the system. Yeah. They learn how to just drive fast enough not to get a speeding ticket. Right. 72 miles an hour is supposed, right. is supposed to be the, 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 thre the threshold. Yeah. Right? You, you cheat on your taxes just, only so much. Right. right. You do all these things just enough not to get caught. But the thing is, that's, where, that's a certain level of determination. Yeah. So if you're de if you're determined to be that way, why don't you be determined to do 200 noto to two bill 3,000 hours? Because you want to see just what you're you're capable of. But that's where that's where the teacher has to teach you somehow to value going farther than. So I got a the question that just just popped in my mind as we were talking about this, because Aikido doesn't have competition. Um, does it make, is it harder for Aikido teachers to create the barriers, the, the things for people to struggle against? Because if you were, if we were judo instructors, we would just say, well, you've got to go into the open category and fight in the open category. If you're like a senior black belt and you've already, you know, won your division five times, you could say, well, you think you're tough now go in the open category. But we don't have that like me false that that mechanism to test people, right? Because those things are external, right? And those things are fake, right? So what you have to get to a level where you understand your own abilities, and you are setting up your own obstacles because you know, man, I, you know, as you get older, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like you go, I, you got to push yourself to exercise, right? You know, like sometimes I'm like. I have to ask my wife, okay, my wife wants to go on this five-mile hike up this mountain. Right. And so I have to ask her, hey, is today a day? Because if not, I can't be sure that you're going to do it, then i got to do it now. Right. Right? And so you got to set up your own obstacles. And if you're always, if you're used to someone else setting up the obstacles, for the, the competition and all those things, you don't know how to really push yourself. You only get going when it's time to get going. Mm -hmm. And as a martial artist, you must be ready at all times. 365 days a year, you're ready to fight. Like, you know, like Nate Diaz just fought last night and he won. And it's funny, like one of the things um, they're asking him, like, you know, you've been training. You know, he's like, I'm ready. I'm here to fight. Yeah. I'm a fighter. I'm here to fight. I'll fight anybody. And that's the thing. You have to be ready to fight at all times. Not, oh, you're, you want to fight? Let me do my stretching first. Right. You have to have this determination to never, never give up. Right. No matter what the obstacle is. But then you become one of these weirdos where you're racing people down the street in your car. You're um, trying to check out of the cell checker faster than the person next to you you're, because you're, you're always searching for this external competition. So, I mean, could one of those things be like, I know in the past, we haven't done it recently, but I know like when, when Mike and I and Maria, I, I forget which, which exam we were doing, whether it was third dawn or fourth dawn, um, like we had an hours challenge. Um, I think it was like 200 hours or maybe it was 300 hours. I can't remember. Actually, you were the only one with the hours challenge. Was it just me? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, but the reason why I made you, 
the reason why I told you you can only take the Sandan or Yondan exam if you hit 300 hours. Do you remember? No, I just remember having an hours yeah. challenge. So, but the thing is, I did that to force you to train. Yeah. So I said, if you don't hit 300 hours by this date, tests off. Right. And then you went, oh, okay. And then you, had, it forced you to come on in on days when you didn't want to come in. Right. Yeah. But that you were the only one I did that to you. Okay. But then what did I do to Maria? I don't remember. She, in passing at dinner, told me. Did she me, do Yaido? No, well, she said that she's afraid to do Yaido and she's afraid to public speak. That's right. She didn't want to public speak. So I said, you're going to do Yaido for one year and you're going to go to Toastmasters. Yeah. And she went, uh, That sucks. Oh. Yeah. But yeah. see, that forces you to have to... Confront your struggles. Yeah. You, you have to step up. Yeah. And, but the thing is, I didn't make it unreasonable. I didn't say that Maria has to enter a speech contest. Right. I didn't say that you had to do 600 hours. I, set, I, I sat back with another student and I calculated how many hours were possible. In a certain time frame. In, in that time frame. And then the student and I debated and that student wanted to give you 200. And I said, no, 300. Right. But the possibility, I think, was something like 450 or 600. Right. It was, there was, a, there was well enough time. But there was a point where you figured out that you had to train every day till the test or else you weren't going to make it. Yeah. And that's what, you're, you, 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 that's what you're looking to do because you, I created this external expectation on you. And then you went, oh, shoot. You, you, you kind of tanked it for the first couple of months. Yeah. And then once you did the math, you went, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, and then you had to put forth that effort. Yeah. Maria was doing so much Yido because there was... Did she get injured? She got, she got her, her knee got injured. Yeah. And then once she was just about the one year, I said, yeah, you're done. You don't, you you don't have stop. to anymore. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she never came back to Yido, though. But, but the thing is, the reason why I did that is to create that external... Competition thing that you had to be determined to, in order to to move what past that to move past it. Yeah, Marie, there's no way she could have done Toastmasters casually. Right, she had to go all the time. She had to do Yada for one year, and she had to report if she if she if she was going to miss a day. And she yeah. never she didn't miss a day for a whole year. Yeah, right. But that's she. I gave you something which forced you to become determined. Yeah. Right. So I, I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking like. Those were, I mean, I, I can't speak for Maria or Mike. I just like for myself, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a, I mean, it was, it was a good experience. Um, I only, I only put these things on the higher level black belts. Right. Because one person got need on because they did a 10 day silent meditation right. treat. They really, they really pushed themselves. And I was like, that's hard enough. You're qualified to take need on. Right. Right. Yeah. But like, but that's the thing is like giving students determination right so they're like how do we how do we do that yeah i mean that's really what i was that's that's kind of what i was floating out there is is what are the mechanisms for the teaching group to work together to inspire people um because i mean historically our school has been a very inspirational school i mean we're whether you call it hell dojo or you don't call it hell dojo i mean people who've trained here over the last 25 years have like been forged Right. So, I mean, like, you know, people often ask me, like, how do I, how did I learn determine, ter determination, determination and all stuff like that? I don't really know. Um, but I do remember that back in the day, the phone book was like 
one of the first self-help books. Did the you know phone that? book. The phone book. Because, well, I don't know about your city, but in my city. In my city, when they didn't sell enough ads, they stuck inspirational quotes in between <laughs> the ads. It's like the yellow pages, right? So you know, really? Yeah, and then they would have like little um, uh, inspirational quotes. I never knew that. Yeah. And so the one quote that I always remembered, which always helped me become more determined, was from uh, Gentleman Jim Corbett, the old boxer from yeah. the 19th century boxer. The quote is this. Fight one more round. When your feet are so tired that you have to shuffle back to the center of the ring, fight one more round. When your arms are so tired that you can hardly lift your hands to come on guard, fight one more round. When your nose is bleeding and your eyes are black and you are so tired you wish your opponent would crack you one on the jaw and put you to sleep, fight one more round. Remembering that the man who always fights one more round is never whipped. It's hmm. a good quote. So I, I always remember that quote. So whenever things got tough, I would always say to myself, fight one more round. And so when we think about all these, these ideas of um, what makes a good martial artist, what makes a good soldier, what makes a good warrior, we want them to be sincere. Yeah. We want them to be loyal. We want them to be honorable. We want them to be honest. We want them to be compassionate. But the but those are all heady things that we get at the end of our training. Yeah. Right? As we get all through right. this thing. But the thing that gets us from A to Z, right, is determination. Having the ability to not quit. Not quit when it gets when something else good comes up. Not quit when something bad happens, not quit when you're hurt, not quit when this thing, never say, um, you know, die. never say die, never, never say that you're, oh, I'm going to quit. Like, you, there's nothing that would make you quit. And then, and that's why I think though, I mean, all those other, you know, um, things Quality. we could say, oh, you know, um, we want the person to have a 72-inch vertical leap. We want this person to, you know, to be able to, you know, um, have six-pack abs. We want all those things. Those things all mean nothing if you don't have this inner drive to not quit. Yeah. No, it's true. Right. So I mean, and I always bring up this idea: is if you're you having to drag your um, injured carcass up the side of a ravine, that's what it all comes down to. Yeah. That you will not. There is nothing that would make you quit because you have this fire in you that when you draw upon this willfulness that you have or this obstinateness that you have, and then you channel that into fighting spirit, yeah, that konjo, that you will not, there's no way, I mean, you will become as relentless as a zombie, right? As re Think of all the martial arts movies, you know, name one, uh, the one-armed swordsman, right? He... He was determined to learn how to fight with the with the one arm. The one arm. Yeah. Right? Thirteen assassins, seven samurai, twilight samurai. Right. You know, if you, you can name any every movie. Every martial arts movie was the about struggle. some person had to be determined in order to survive, win, overcome. Persevere. Yeah, I mean Iron Monkey, you know, there's not I don't I can't name one where the person just, you know, casually traipsed in and to win the battle. 
right? It's always Rocky, Rocky, it's the Rocky story. It's theme. the Rocky story. Yeah, the Rocky theme, right? Everybody has to have that, this thing where they're, they got defeated and then they went to Russia and started lifting logs and pulling chains, right? That whole training montage. And then you made that comeback. Right. But you can't make that comeback if you don't have determination. Yeah. You can't, you can't make it to the end of your training before your teacher dies unless you have determination. Yeah, it's an inner psychological power. Yeah, that that inner. I guess that's a good way to put it. Inner psychological power yeah. that your finger hurts, your toe hurts, but you're still gonna go. Right. This, you're you're you are sick. You have food poisoning. You're still gonna go. Right. Nothing will hold you back. And that's. Do you ever see? Uh, 13 Warriors mm -hmm. with, uh, um, with Antonio uh, yeah, Banderas, Banderas and all the stuff. The very end when they finally kill everybody, spoiler alert, they kill all the all the bad guys or they kill the, the main bad guy. Right. The leader of the Vikings, he, he used determination to fight through the poison, fight and kill this person, and then he used his determination to sit down, you know, bury his sword, and then he just died. Right. Dies on the throne, right? And that's where they say, like, as a as a as a martial artist or as a swordsman, you're you know, like when people do this uh, um, niketsuke and they cut like this, some cut the eyes, right? Some cut the arm, right? So right? they can't strike again. Well, the reason why we cut the arm is because it's thought that if uh, a mar, it's it's the the I don't know if you would call it the folktale or the whatever they say, but they say that uh, a samurai can cut one more time with their head cut off. Right. And so because because their head's cut off, they can still cut and, and draw Strike and again. cut one more time based on determination. Right. And so that's why Furu-sensei and those, these guys would cut the, the deltoid Shoulder. so that the person can't raise the sword because they're so determined that they'll be able to lift the sword and cut one more time. You have to stop them from doing that. Right. And that's why the only way to kill a zombie is to cut the head or cut cut the head off or smash the brainstem, right? Right. Because to stop their neurological power. But to stop their relentless determination to eat you. And so and it's just kind of a fun fun place to stop, but right there that if you look at the this whole zombie genre, the zombie is the world. Yeah. And they are asleep. Yeah, it's a metaphor. It's metaphor that they're asleep and and they are determined to help you go to sleep also and just become this blind person. But you are awakened and you won't go to sleep and so you must be determined to fight against their determination to make you go to sleep. Yeah. Right? Because this whole thing, you you didn't make it through law school be, because of your smarts. You made it through because of determination. And if you made it through because you're smart, then you should go to the next level. Right. You should find this place where it's no longer, you can no longer rest on your natural abilities. Right. You're no longer rest on your Push laurels. yourself to the next level, whatever it is. Whatever that is. If this was easy, you should go farther and farther and farther. Had I known, and I, where I learned that is that after I became a black belt, I realized, man, there's nothing you can't do if you apply yourself. Right. And then today I go, man, I wish I would have done Yado when Sensei was live. Because then where, where could I be? I wish I would have really applied myself more when Sensei was right. alive. Because if once I realize that I the main trait I have is determination, I realize there's nothing that I can't accomplish. Yeah. And that's why determination is the best quality for 
not just any martial artist, but any human being. I think that's a good place to stop. <laughs> Thank you for watching or listening to this podcast. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you have any listener questions, please put them in the comments or email either one of us. Thank you. Thank you very much.